0: Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details.
1: Drew Hill covers the Memphis Grizzlies, or should I say Vince Williams, for the Daily Memphian. You know, once upon a time, Drew, and you'll remember this story,
2: are you in the airport, by the way? No, I'm at uh, Crosstown Concourse. Can oh, wow. you hear the background noise? Yeah, it's buzzing. Uh, it's buzzing uh, on that performance. Bustling. Um, right, I, can, I can try and find someone. No 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 no, 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 no,
1: no. I didn't mean it like, oh, it's too loud. I don't want to talk to you. I was just curious as to where you were. Um I remember a young reporter named Brian Winhorst who saddled up to uh, a young basketball player named LeBron James, and he rode LeBron James coattails all the way to ESPN. Do you feel like maybe you could get that close to Vince
2: Williams? (laughs) Maybe, man. Maybe. Vince is a tough guy to figure out. He really is. Um, You'd be surprised at how quiet he is. He's just quiet around his teammates. He's quiet around everybody. Then he gets on the floor, and the guy's just a dog. So... I don't know, maybe, man. It looks like we're headed in that direction. Vince Williams Jr. He, he's going to be the best player in the NBA pretty soon. Well, looks like. he, yeah, that's
1: right. You're exactly right. He's on he's on pace. Um, but you know, it is one of those things where it when you when you talk about a front office and when you evaluate a front office and, and, and how uh, the, the job they're doing do they get do they get double credit for a, a make a bucket like Vince Williams? drafting him and finding him where they found him?
2: Listen, I mean, this is what the Grizzlies have done repeatedly, okay? I know it's frustrating that Zaire Williams hasn't panned out. I know David Roddy and Jake Aravia weren't hits, but to hit at the rate that they have, picking the type of guys that they have, like, Desmond Bain, there was a reason he slipped to thirty. People were concerned about the wingspan, you know, the amount of shots he got up at TCU, whatever. Uh, Brandon Clark, same thing. It was the wingspan helped him slip. But both of those were great college players and pretty and like analytics darlings, kind of um, that the Grizzlies picked. And turns out that they were productive NBA players, like right away. And in the case of Desmond Bain. A a superstar. And so um, this was the same type of thing, right? Like Vince Williams Jr., he may not have even been drafted, but the Grizzlies wanted him because analytically, and he actually had good tools. It just hadn't all been put together yet at the college level at VCU, and he was playing in kind of a different system. And they took a chance on a guy like that um, who mathematically, defensively, had a lot of impact. And here you go. Now he's doing it again in the NBA. Although I will say the fact that it took him this long to figure out that that he's this good uh, does raise an eyebrow, but you know what? He, he's here now and that's really all that matters. And I'm sure that his developmental year in the G League really helps. But I want to ask you guys a question because I posed this on Twitter last night and I'm genuinely curious. Now this is a very specific category. I should know, right? I am not talking about players like John Morant and, Uh, and Jaron Jackson, who come in and everybody knows that they're awesome right from the jump. And so people are big fans of them straight from the beginning. Um, I'm also not talking about veterans that get traded in and then play well for the Grizzlies. I'm talking about underdog dudes, just dudes, who show up and you're automatically like, oh, wow, this guy can really play. Has anybody become this popular for the Grizzlies that you can remember this fast? That falls into that category?
1: I don't know. I mean, it's, it's,
2: I mean, like, like T.A., but I mean,
1: he was, uh, you know, I, I want to say that took a little time, and he was already an established NBA player by that time, so it was like he kind of came in with plaudits. Right. Like so, when you when you sort of strip all that map away, this off
3: the map and this quickly.
1: Yeah, like I don't I don't know. I mean, J- well, I was Jason had a song about uh, Mike Henry.
3: We once did a song about Mike Henry. That's how desperate we were. What was that uh, eighteen or nineteen? Yeah, I'm around there. Uh, we thought there was something special with him.
1: People loved We weren't Marshawn. the only ones, though. People love Marshawn Brooks, but that was only seven games, you know?
3: And Right, and that was just offensively.
1: Right. Um, so, so
3: nothing like this,
1: Drew. Yeah, I can't really, off the top of my head, I can't really think of anybody that would meet all of those criteria.
2: I mean, we're even into, like, the forced nickname stage now because you got, like, that's how quick that this has happened. And really... It has not been, like, I know that it's a a big enough sample to really believe, all right, this is what Vince Williams is. Like, this is what you're going to get from him. I believe that now. Um, But he he wasn't in the rotation until the first game in December. So we're talking about a month and a half, really. Like, he wasn't fully in the rotation until the first game in December. And this quickly he's become this popular to the point where, you know, where Brevin's pushing the Mr. Relevant nickname and, I like the bug a little bit more, which you're starting to hear some people say. Mainly Chris Harrington, obviously, which is the reference to the Volkswagen Bug, and also his style of defense. Like, I think that you know, it is just astounding to me how quickly he has become so popular. Uh, and this is despite the fact that, as I noted, he's not like this blooming personality that gives you great quotes and. Hypes up the fan base and that sort of thing. This guy just goes out and competes his ass off every day on the court, and it's just really impressive. And I think uh, credit to him for doing it. What,
3: we know what he is right now. You know, when you, especially when you got nine guys out due to injury like last night, like he's he's leading you right now. What is he? What is he drew, and and how many different ways can you use him? Let's just let's fast forward it to next year, and hopefully, you know, fingers crossed. It's a it's a healthy. A healthy rotation how high is he in the rotation i guess i asked you that question i asked you could you envision a day where you know yeah sure marcus smart's out he's hurt next year you put vince williams in but could you envision a day where this guy is the is the three and, and frankly a three on a on a great contract with everything you're having to give to to bane and to to jaron and to to ja where does he fit in going forward
2: i, I could see him as a starting three it I feels like good yeah. um and I don't think that the Grizz... I think it would just depend on what's out there, right? Like, um, But I, I say that to say, you know, Marcus Smart, obviously, you would view him as a starting player in the NBA, and you would just wonder how it would be received if he was to have to come off the bench because of Vince Absolutely. Williams. Yep. Deserves to be in the starting lineup. Um, and you wonder that, but knowing Marcus, uh, I, I think it... It would be well received, but I'm not sure. Um, and uh, it, it does make things interesting there. And I do think the Grizzlies still want to see what it looks like. Now, that's, that's not to say, you know, who else is out there, you know, is, I mean, there's rumors the Nets are going to blow it up. We know the Grizzlies have had interest in McHale Bridges right. before. Um, would they still have interest in McHale Bridges? I would guess so. Um, but again, as we're discussing, we might have, Michael Bridges at FedEx Forum already. You might have the answer already. <laughs> you know? yep. It's crazy because I was looking up, and I'm writing about this now, I'm in the middle of it. But I was looking up Vince Williams, some of his numbers this morning, and he, in like the last 15 games, so you know, well, a decent chunk, mm-hmm. has been one of the very best clutch time players in the entire NBA. Like wow. he is in the top 10 for clutch time rebounding, and he's with like DeAndre Ayton. Jokic. Like, it's crazy. It's all centers in him. Sabonis. Like, it's all centers in Vince Williams, which is wild to me. He's also shooting 67% in clutch time for the Grizzlies. 67% in clutch time over the last 15 games for Memphis. He has been unbelievably good. I don't think people realize how good he has been late in these games for Memphis. Um, and then, he, I mean, last night was the perfect example. Guy's got his hands all over the last two minutes. Memphis is crumbling. They're falling apart. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm thinking I'm going to hit delete on the game story I had written. And there he is. He makes he makes the corner three. He's wide open, but you still got to make it. Uh, he makes the corner three. Good play from Scotty Piven to find him. Um, and then... You know, the the very next possession, he grabs a big rebound, throws the outlet pass to John Conchart, gets another layup, and then hits two free throws. I mean, that is all you could ask for him uh, and more in those final minutes. And this is somebody that nobody outside of Memphis is paying attention to, probably even still. But it's been spectacular to watch. To me, it's a little bit like... And it's not quite
1: the same because their journeys were just a little bit different. But it's like convince Williams be the Memphis Grizzlies version of, you know, last year's Caleb Martin for the Heat, right? Like that's the I feel like that's kind of the role, that's kind of the player, you know, a guy that can come in, you know. Obviously they're not gonna ask him to score anywhere near what he's doing right now, but it's just like come in, be efficient, make some shots, rebound, like you said. Maybe give you a couple of games here where you're, you know, you have fifteen, seventeen, like. And Caleb Martin's a guy who, you know, again before Vince's emerged, like that's a guy that like the Grizzlies sort of need, and it's a guy that's helped the Heat get to the NBA Finals in the past. You know, like you got to have players like that, and I sort of feel like that if, if you know, I in an ideal world, that's kind of what Vince does. Is he's he's that you know you don't necessarily game plan for it, you don't necessarily ex- you know. Uh, require it, but it's a guy that could come in in a a high-leverage game and and score double figures for you.
2: Yeah, no, I think that's a pretty good comparison, actually. Um, And it was interesting. I mean, look at what the Grizzlies bench did last night. This is what makes it so spectacular that they won. It's like, the Heat have Terry Rozier, Kevin Love, Caleb Martin all coming off the bench, and the Grizzlies bench still outscored them with four guys, by the way, that were available to come off the bench, which was really... Um, pretty cool, and I, I think that you're right. If he comes back, if Vince fits into this team next year, and he's like, a, I don't know, ten to thirteen point score a game, and he shoots thirty-four percent or thirty-three percent from three-point land, like he's automatically an extremely useful player for you because of what he does on the defensive end and what you know you're going to get from him from a rebounding standpoint. So, you know, it doesn't take – it is very easy to envision that he would be able to do that just based on all the stuff he does that is so repeatable, right? The rebounding is repeatable. Um, The defense is, is repeatable. Now, he's going to get got by some of the best players in the NBA. That's part of your job when you're defending the best guys out there on the floor but you feel good that he's going to be in the right position and he's going to give good effort. And, uh, he brings that every single night. And so that's why you can believe in that. Um, not because he went out and scored 25, uh, against the heat. He's not going to do that every single night. Uh, he is a, he's a perfectly, uh, what's the word efficient offensive player, but he's not that, that type of scorer. Uh, but it is good to see him do it every once in a while.
3: Uh, Drew, we've had this question from listeners or at, they've asked us to talk about it, and i turn to the expert, turn to you for the, the answer. What, if anything, they are going to do with that disabled player exception they get with jobbing out?
2: Yeah, okay. Um, I'm glad I'm getting the opportunity to explain this. So there are stipulations on that disabled player exception, right? So this isn't, this doesn't just mean that they have $12 million to go out and sign whoever they want. Mm-hmm. Um, one, this does not open up a roster spot. So in order to sign a player with that, you would have to open up a roster spot. You can also trade into it, but again, uh, the stipulations say you have to trade into it for a player that is on the last year of their contract, and that includes like no player option, right? Yep. Um, at the end of the season. So the field there <laughs> automatically is extremely limited, yep. right? Yep. So that makes it very difficult for the Grizzlies to do anything with this. It's more of like a housekeeping thing than anything else. Like, it's just a nice piece to have, um, but it doesn't mean that you're necessarily going to use it because it's very challenging. You don't really want to just let somebody go to open up a roster spot because the only players that you could really just let go to open up a roster spot are players that you need, like Luke Kennard and Xavier Tillman, yep. right? So... Um, you're not you're not just gonna cut one of those dudes so that you can go sign somebody else. You also don't want to use the full amount because you're close to the tax line and you don't want to go over the tax line. Um, so the only scenario in which the Grizzlies use this uh, is when it's 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 closer to like a, a three-team trade. It's where they can take on a player with uh, a higher contract than whoever they're trading out, right? Mm-hmm. And Um, the the and that that player coming back is on the final deal of a contract uh, and they can be attached to maybe some sort of draft compensation so if two teams are doing a deal for star players and they can't make the money match so Memphis throws a player in and as a result Memphis takes on some more money but they still don't go over the tax line um, then they could do that and as a bonus, they might get a second-round pick or something. So that's why you want to have it, yep. but it, it doesn't seem like something that they're necessarily going to use. Big win for your Crimson Tide last night, huh? Yeah, no. I mean, it's been a it's been not a fun couple of weeks being an Alabama fan, but I will say, so yesterday it started with a uh, five-star wide receiver who's like the highest-rated wide receiver recruit, I think since Henry Ruggs, uh, not to give you – Uh, Bad memories, John, but uh, I think since since Henry Ruggs to commit to Alabama, and he was very closely between Alabama and Auburn, and uh, when, when Mick Saban retired, everybody considered him to be a lock for Auburn. So like an hour before the game yesterday, he recommits to Alabama and cancels his Auburn visit, which was a very big win for Alabama over Auburn. And then Alabama's basketball team beat Auburn. So uh, it was a good day. It was a bad day to be an Auburn Tiger, which is always a good day uh, to be a fan of the Crimson Tide. So, yeah, great, uh, great stuff as always. Unless you have one
1: more thing. Yeah, well,
3: I was going to ask you real quick. What you think about a new OC? It's hard to get excited about Shane Waldron, right? The Seattle yeah. OC that's come over. Uh, I just feel so. Coming. I
1: feel so bad for Alabama fans, man. You know, they, it's like they won like five, six, seven championships in the Look, last. Their
3: two. program is falling apart.
1: It's yeah, it's it's hard to watch, man. Yeah.
2: <laughs>
3: it's like Golden State. I, you know,
2: yeah. I, you know what? I think uh, I'm. Look, they're not going to be Alabama of old, but they will still be a good program. And I do think Kalen DeBoer is going to be a good coach. I'm curious to see how this first season is going to go, but I do think that that they will eventually figure it out. It's not exactly inspiring to hire sitting head coaches from lower level programs that haven't really one to be your O.C. or to be your defensive coordinator um, and position coaches, but you know what? Uh, I, I do. Th- I believe in Kalen DeBoer to, to get, get this going in the right direction, and in terms of the Bears, you're right. I, I don't think that's necessarily an inspiring offensive coordinator hire, but you know what? It's got to be better than Luke Getty, so, Probably so. I'll take it. Uh, Drew, appreciate you Thank as always, you brother.
1: man. Thanks. Yep, thanks, guys. See yep. it. He is Drew Hill, covers the Grizzlies for the Daily Memphian. Yeah, look, uh, I think uh, I think you make that trade, right? I mean, I, you don't even get to make that trade. But you say, you know, hey, how many do they win under saving? A lot. I'm going to guess six. Five, six, five, six. I mean, you were there or a did lot. did
3: he get the other one? Yeah, in LSU is the other one for him? Is it six? Yeah. Is it five?
1: I'm going to look it up right now. I want to be
2: Thank you. 6 gonna, and then the 7th at LSU. It is.